Wednesday morning. Well, now the moment we've all been waiting for, and that's, of course, Rabbi David, Rabbi David Bashevkin's appearance here on JM in the AM. I know that there are thousands of audience members waiting with bated breath to hear his uh, pearls of wisdom this morning. And he is, of course, the director of education for NCSY. He is a professor at Yeshiva University, and he is a columnist on, on a regular basis for Mishpacha magazine. Rabbi David Bashevkin, welcome back to JM in the AM. What an absolute joy. You oversold me a little bit, but it's nice oh, a joy to be here. And I, and I didn't mention that the only synagogue still open is your book entitled Synagogue. <laughs> the Synagogue S-I-N is open for orders on Amazon. I can't thank you enough for that plug. That, You're absolutely right. Rabbi Bashevkin, that might be the only synagogue still open in our global exactly, community at this point. because you're not allowed to read it with a minion. It can only be read individually. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I've asked this of a lot of guests. Um, I think one of the encouraging things about these synagogue closures, frankly, is that uh, God does see, and I hope feel, Kaviyachal, that there is tremendous pain in the across-the-board Jewish community that we're not able to be in shul every single day. And I think it's credit to the Jewish community. We don't realize, I think this it took this pandemic to um, make us realize that we thank God as a community are more than ever addicted to being in shul on a regular basis. Uh, do you think that could be a positive, this revelation that we, uh, that we have uh, discovered during this pandemic? I think that people are discovering the, you know, at one time when I was in Darius Throwell, I asked my, uh, my Rebbe, uh, you know, we're called Yeshiva Bakram. And I asked him, how do I separate the bachar from the yeshiva? It's hard to know mm. what is the content of a person's religious character and identity until they're separated from the institutions that they're a part of. You know, Rav Huttner has a letter where he says that when you leave religious institutions, whether it's yeshiva or a shul or anything, it's like taking a boiling pot off of the uh, stove. When the pot's boiling, you have no idea how much water's in it, because it's bubbling up. When you take it off the stove, you finally start to see how much water is in it. And I think collectively as a community, we have taken our proverbial pots off of the stove, and we're all starting to see, and it's really remarkable, how much water is still left in our individual uh, pots. The question now, of course, and this is one of the reasons we invited you on, how long will that water last? Because uh, now all of us have a challenge. Obviously, you know, people are in different situations. There are people with older kids at home, people with younger kids at home. Obviously, there are people who are alone who we need to worry about and, and certainly be in touch with on a regular basis. Um, it, it, do you think there's any, I don't know, reassuring words that you could give us about getting through this situation, what we can as families do to make sure we survive what could be a long time together? I certainly don't have uh, the answers to this. My house is equally as chaotic as hmm. anybody else's. If I were to ask you as a thought experiment, if you had to pick two ages for children to be in quarantine with, a few people would select the ages of one and three, right. uh, which is what we have here in the uh, Beshevkin home. Uh, but we, we cope with this like we cope with anything. It is with a great deal of humor and silliness. Um, every single night, my wife and I 
We're eating at ETC in our house every night. Uh, it's not the ETC quality food, and there's no waiter. There is a little bit of wine. There's a little bit of wine. I hope that's okay. And uh, it's a little bit later than usual. It's once the house winds down. It's the moment in between, you know, whatever virtual programming NCSY is doing and wrapping up all my classes, NYU and NCSY Connections. We have these moments now that are utterly quiet, so beautiful, and and something special that we wouldn't otherwise have uh, the rest of the time. Every single day we try to get, you know, some we, – we, we, the stock-ups that we did is we went to the Amazing Savings Narish Kite toy aisle <laughs> and just bought every sort of, like, $2 water gun and bubble machine. And every day we give our kids a, uh, you know, some $2 very, you know, cute little toy that keeps them occupied for uh, – for, holds them over for an hour until they get bored of it. Right. Uh, my wife is a superhero – she, uh, my, my in-laws got my son a, a tractor, one of those like power wheel tractors. Right. And, uh, and he's been, my wife built it. It took about three hours. <laughs> I was just taking selfies of myself in the huge box that it came in utterly of no use during did, that entire did, process. Didn't you think, didn't you think this was an opportunity to prove yourself as a, as a, as the handyman around the house? I have proven myself that even in the most dire circumstances, I am utterly useless. I I show her the limits of my uselessness. I can only take a selfie with a hammer and a and tools. I have no idea how to use them. Uh, so she took three hours and got the project done. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was all her. She's a she's a superhero. Uh, but I added the fun to, to the situation, and, and I'm a big fan right now. I don't know if you're doing Dafiomi or movie Yomi, or Nach Yomi, or book Yomi, do some Yomi thing for yourself. Mm. Pick something every day that you get to do for yourself. What a good idea. You know, it, it doesn't have to be the Daf, it doesn't have to be Nach. I don't know, you want to you wanna pick uh, every Oscar-winning documentary for the last 50 years and watch uh, one a week? Whatever, whatever it is, I, I'm a big believer is find a routine that you haven't been doing before and introduce it into your schedule. If you if you could uh, watch if you could watch one documentary, what would it be? Well, you're assuming I haven't watched almost every documentary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you're, you're I allowed love, you're allowed to I repeat. I love um, these ESPN thirty for thirty documentaries, which are fabulous. Yeah. Um, and there, there, there's a documentary on the Munich Olympics. Ooh, um, wow. Which is fabulous. It is fabulous. It's, it's a little scary, but it takes your mind off of what's going on outside. And what I do is I go on Wikipedia. This is really what I do. And I go and I search Oscar-winning documentaries. And I look at every one. They have a list. I'll go on Pulitzer Prize-winning biographies. They have a list. And I'll go down the list and say, hey, maybe I could, I could read a bunch of these. Maybe I could watch a bunch of these. Uh, I never would have had the opportunity to do that anyways. But find the routine of a treat, treating yourself every single day as something that you wouldn't be doing otherwise. You know, it's funny. Charlie Harari was with us yesterday, and I told him that, that because of the situation, I stumbled upon this documentary of Jim Valvano and how incredibly inspiring it was and you know and sure enough you know you could be inspired by a lot of different things and kudos by the way and i'm glad by the way robert shefkin i had a feeling that this <laughs> this conversation could go in many directions and i'm glad that, that you've allowed the looseness <laughs> of the conversation to uh to kick in um i uh I, kudos to all those who are 
sending out some phenomenal words of inspiration, both short and long. For some people, it's hard to you know get into the long ones. And I'm talking about now from a Torah perspective and tefillah perspective. And Rabbi Beshevkin, have you seen the schedules that some communities have about online Torah study, online shiurim that are available? It has, to, it's, it's just it remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. Every institution in a matter of days, whether it's national institutions like the OU and MCSY, I sized within conversation virtually the first night with Rabbi Akiva Tass. Yesterday was with Charlie Harari. Today at noon on Facebook Live will be with uh, Lord Jonathan Sachs. And uh, and whether it's my local school and all the learning that's going on there, or my or my classes in Yeshiva University, which were packed every day. I I was seeing faces virtually through Zoom that I hadn't seen the whole semester. They were blowing off class. <laughs> and suddenly there's a worldwide pandemic. All the, you know what? I may, I, join this one. I may as well go to class. I have nothing else to exactly. do. Did exactly. It, did it work? Did, did the technology work well when you were delivering your lecture? The technology absolutely uh, has worked really well, especially for educational institutions and especially at Yeshiva University, which in many ways was the kind of the ground zero of how, how this outbreak is. Certainly when I first started hearing about it between New Rochelle and, uh, and Yeshiva University, um, their response has just been phenomenal, uh, led by uh, Rabbi Berman and Josh Joseph and Darren Stern, who's the, the marketing communications director there. It's really been, been unbelievable. And through Canvas, you're able to do all of these, uh, all these virtual classes. And the kids do, do this. They know it so well. I mean, right. my good friend, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, uh, he, he told me that if your Zoom camera is pointed to the ceiling on these, <laughs> on these classes, you may be at a specific risk for the coronavirus. You may be of that age where uh, you got to stay inside. you got to be careful. Yes. So, <laughs> the indication is you're over 65. <laughs> exactly. But these kids know exactly how to do it. They showed me. Everyone's changing the backgrounds on their virtual Zooms. My background is a advertisement for my book during every class. <laughs> shameless plug. It. Shameless plugger, Ibra Shevkin. Shameless plugger, exactly. <laughs> um, what was the most recent column you wrote for Mishpacha? Because I saw something on Twitter that caught my eye the other day. I just don't know if that was specifically for the magazine or not. My most recent column came out right before Purim, and believe it or not, was a serious column about the role of comedy in my life. Interesting. And specifically on social media or general comedy? General general, general comedy. Why I believe specifically in the front community comedy is so crucial. There's another article that I just shared on my Twitter feed, T-Bash Ideas, if you don't mind me uh, plugging that as well. <laughs> sure. awful. You should throw me off right now, honestly. But um, Not Jewish Action just came out with a new issue. The cover story is about... Is about children who leave the fold, children who go off the derech. But in that same issue, and it's a remarkable issue, they do such wonderful stuff, uh, they have an article on comedy on Twitter specifically. I didn't write the article, right. uh, though I make a few cameo appearances. Oh, very cool. So did someone judge what your best line on Twitter has been, or there was no rank? They, 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 they judge. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't love their picture, what they what they gravitated to, but that's part of the subjectivity of comedy. You know, I can't tell them what my best line is. They have to uh, they have to find which uh, lines and personalities uh, jump out at them for themselves. You know, it's no secret. I mean, you know Jewish history. It's no secret that uh, 
you know, comedy and Judaism have been intertwined for quite a while. And I'm talking about both professionally in terms of so many professional comics being Jewish. And, and of course, you know, the people always cite with all the difficulties the Jewish people have had in history, if not for their ability to laugh and not their ability to, you know, move forward with a sense of humor, it would have been much more difficult. I mean, that's the comment that Rav Shamsin Rafal Hirsch says, uh, I think all the way in the beginning of Shemot, maybe in Parshish B'Shalach, when the Jews are being chased by the Mitzrayim, and the Jews look up at God, and they say, I don't get it, they're going to kill us out here in the desert, where there are no, there are no cemeteries in Mitzrayim, you right. have to take us out here to the desert to get buried, and they're kind of being sarcastic. Right. And the Shantar Rafal Hirsch basically says, this Pusuk uh, is showing that Jews turn to comedy and maybe a little irony, sarcasm, when they're in times of crisis. Mm-hmm. This is the first time uh, starting in Chumash. Right. Very cool. I never thought of it that way. And we've been doing it a million times ever since. <laughs> and we have been doing it a million times ever since. There was that wonderful video of Mel Brooks with his, uh, with his son. I don't know if you saw that, reminding people to uh, be extra mindful, comforting, and careful uh, about the people who are, who are in their 90s. Can I hurry? He's like 93, 94 right. already. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, some people have suggested that uh, when you're looking for activities with your family, you might want to turn to The Box from NCSY. Have you heard that suggestion yet? I have heard that suggestion. I mean, it's so funny what, what, how that has turned into. I mean, we have a box that's available on ncsy.org slash shop, and we, we, we made it so it's free shipping now. It's 10% off. It's really giving it at cost. We're never really selling it for all that much. Uh, but we created it because it has inside these conversation cards, these what-if games that uh, that are really meant to spark conversation. We created it for people to create, for teens who are on these long bus rides in the summertime sitting next to one another to give a little bit of Torah, some whimsy, some silliness to their conversations on the bus. And then when we shared it with the public, people said, oh, this is great for shidduch dates. And now, you know, a year or so later, people are like, oh, this is great for a pandemic. So uh, <laughs> certainly not what we had in mind. Uh, but once you're in quarantine and you're looking for a great way to spark conversations, Box is uh, definitely a great tool. You know, usually with Shidduch Date and pandemics in the same sentence, it's dangerous, Rabbi Bashevkin. You know yeah, that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This, uh, but it's great. You know, on a Shidduch Date, you're, you're trapped with somebody. You know, in a Starbucks, but uh, you could be trapped there for a couple hours <laughs> trying to make conversation. Your own little pandemic. <laughs> exactly. We're all on a very extended shit update with our own families at this point. It's called The Box. You can go to ncsy.org slash shop, ncsy.org slash shop, and you could uh, see it's three it's three, uh, three uh, things in one. You ready? To, you know, I'm concerned that you may be a little bored, right, Bishefkin? You want to play a little, uh, a little game from The Box? Would you mind answering some questions? Absolutely. Well, you have the box in front of you right I now? certainly do. I prepare for my conversations with you. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. I am ready. So the conversation cards, it says here, what do you think is the best feeling in the world? Because on the back, it's a Stephen Covey quote that says, your life is a product of your values, not your feelings. And you ask, what do you think is the best feeling in the world? For me, recently, the best feeling in the world is being able to button an extra slim fit Charles Trewitt shirt without having to suck in my stomach. <laughs> that's the big. It that's the big victory. A feeling of accomplishment that I haven't felt in so many years. Dare I say, you know, 
it's been a while, and it just feels like, wow, I am together right now. You know what's funny? I think they asked Tom Brady about winning the Super Bowl or the or the shirt thing, and I think he went with yours. I think he went with the shirt thing. Oh, the buttoning an extra slim for Charles to a shirt is the sign of a life in control. Uh, then you have, in control of your life. So that comes from the conversation card section. Then from the moral dilemmas, as a soldier who is obligated to listen to your commander, would you adhere to a command that goes against your personal morals? Wow, that is a tough question. I can't believe we put that in there. Um, <laughs> That's great. It, it depends which army, I guess, I am. Uh, Ooh, nice. It might depend what army I'm, I'm fighting for. Am I right. in the Russian Revolution in World War One? Am I in an army with the, for a country that I believe in and whose values I believe in? So if, if, if I... If I defer to the collective values of right. the country I am fighting for, then I would absolutely defer. Right. In other words, if the commander is known to you to be somebody of values, you would obviously take that much more seriously than if the opposite, which is understood. Exactly. And finally, look at this one from the Would You Rather box. You know, the box has a box within it called Would You Rather. You're familiar with that, right? Absolutely. So the, the Would You Rather box asks... Would you rather meet your great-great-grandparents or your great-great-grandchildren? Wow. I think I would rather meet my great-great-grandchildren. There's that great quote from Adin Steinsaltz who says that the true mark of a Jew is not somebody who has Jewish grandparents, but somebody who has Jewish grandchildren. Wow. And uh, I would love to see, you know, where this, life takes us to peer out into the future, I would probably rather meet my great-great-grandchildren. Wow, unbelievable. Rabbi David, Rabbi David Bashevkin is with us, has given us some interesting recommendations. I, I assume what you said earlier about Torah study, about books, about uh, documentaries, etc., that, that, of course, you know, b being age-appropriate would apply to every age if everybody uh, you know, pays careful attention to try to fill their day. Uh, with something entertaining and with something uh, um, uh, educational, etc., then the day will hopefully go by faster. Because you know what, I mean, Bashevkin, when you tell people that, that it's only been four days since Shabbos, nobody believes oh it. My <laughs> nobody believes it at this point. You know, I, I was talking uh, to, uh, I, I shared online that my parents, and I'm sure, I, I don't know where, where, if you were alive, that I assume you were, know exactly where they were standing when JFK got assassinated. They right. know exactly where they were sitting. Right. And for my generation, I know exactly where I was when Kobe Bryant died. Right. I do. It was like a before-after. Right. It's so strange. I have no idea where I was <laughs> when this started, because I don't know when the starting point was. It's just, there's no clear before-after. I keep on turning to my wife, like, what day of the week is it? How long have we been here? Right. It just feels like we're creating this story as it's unfolding. Well, what I've done is I've I've recounted to myself where I was when the most important development of the. So pet, what's your moment? That's my the, question. The mo what's the your mo before or after? The mo the, you heard this like this is starting. The moment was when we were informed last Thursday that Yeshiva University's men's basketball team would not play any further games. That was it. Then we knew that the pandemic was real. It's so interesting. I asked this question. A lot of people responded with sports cancellations. Yeah. A lot of people said when the NBA got canceled, right. when the Max journey came to a close. A few people said it's when Tom Hanks was right. diagnosed positive. 
Right. Which was fascinating to me. I said, what role does Tom Hanks play in your life? But I accept all answers are the right answer. You just got to find your moment and build this story to really insert meaning and construct meaning wherever you find yourself. You know, one thing I didn't ask you, and, and kudos to all the rabbis that have chimed in on this topic, and I said earlier, I both said it at the beginning of the show and again at some point during the middle this morning, uh, I think our rabbis deserve a lot of credit, those halachic decisors who have comforted and reassured us that we have no obligation for tefillah b'tzibor right now. You know, it's one thing to be told the smart thing to do or the healthy thing to do or if you care about you and others to do is to close the shuls. But when a posek says there is now, because of the situation, no obligation for tefillah b'tzibor, for, uh, for prayer with a quorum, I think that's very comforting and very um, 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 uh, very helpful, frankly, to the community, knowing that not only are we doing what's right, but we're doing halachically what's right. Um, the, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the rabbinic leadership, particularly the RCBC, which got behind this so quickly and issued that statement, I was so moved when I saw a tablet magazine online, which is not an orthodox, per se, publication. Right. And they wrote a specific article praising the RCBC, the local Orthodox rabbinic body, of their judgment, of their proactivity in all of this. And to see uh, other Jews, no matter the, the striped denomination where they are, finding comfort in the decisiveness of Rabbanim, uh, really making decisions quickly and communicating them transparently uh, has been absolutely remarkable, and I've never been prouder uh, to live in Teaneck. I've struggled with my Teaneck pride for a long time, <laughs> but uh, right now I feel it more acutely than ever. You know, I never thought of that perspective, but you're right. When you have definitive leadership answers, when you're, when, when, when someone, you know, is, is guiding you with, with a definitive and, and positive, and I don't mean positive meaning, you know, happy or good. I mean, positive meaning that they know for sure what they're doing. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to go through all this. Uh, but I didn't ask you about the, the, the tefillah in general. Obviously, everybody is now um, uh, taking care of, uh, of praying by being at home and praying at home. Uh, any special insight or anything that's happened over the last week that, uh, you know, with, with the you know, private prayer as opposed to what you and all of us would be doing on a normal basis, you know, get the shul as often as possible, any perspective on, on the fact that now this is all being done at home? So what what I've been doing is really uh, really twofold. Uh, number one, I've been getting my kids involved. I mean, you're, you're kind of lost without some of the structure of davening, right. and the structure of davening is something wonderful that we miss. But there are opportunities that we have less of it now. So two things I've done that have changed. Number one is right after I put on tafel and tefillin, uh, I don't start davening. I literally just sit down and just stare into space. Hmm. I, I, you could call it meditation. It's not. That would be too fancy of a word. I'm, I just sit and take a breath and say, Dominic has started, but it hasn't started. And I just enjoy a moment uh, in my talus and chillin', which I find uh, immensely comforting. And the other thing is I go upstairs and uh, and I dive with my kids. I mean, they have these videos from their... Uh, local, uh, like, uh, preschool, wherever they're in, that their Mora put out. But it's cute. We say it, we say it to together. We say, say something together. To daven together as a family, uh, is something extremely special, uh, and that we've tried to turn our home into in the mornings. You know, the home has now become the school. It has now become your shul. And the home has really taken what I think is its rightful place 
as the Kodesh Kedoshim of Jewish life. You know, it's interesting, on your first point, uh, people who don't normally go to shul don't realize that, that on a regular basis, on a regular weekday, even if you're in a minion that, that takes an hour, it, there's still pressure. There's st- it, it, everything is still... Oh, my gosh, you're hopping onto a treadmill going at 8. I right. mean, yeah, when it, you it, go to shul, I mean, you're, you're always catching up. You're always mo- moving along. You can't just sit there. I mean, you can sit there and stare into space, but you're going to fall behind. There, right. There's no treadmill now. So just right. just sit, take take a breath. Uh, I think that that's that's crucially crucially important. Unless you're used to jumping onto a treadmill going at eight, in which case <laughs> you probably can also fit into the Charles Stewart extra swim picture. Boy, you brought this conversation full circle. <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's important. It always comes back to Charles Stewart shirt, the, the sponsor of <laughs> <from> this program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work on that for us, please. Has, any, has anybody asked you for an article in the last couple of days? Is anybody uh, uh, thinking that there is, uh, you know, a little bit of humor in all of this? I have actually had uh, a few people. Uh, I have an article, I think, coming out of this week's uh, mishpacha about uh, the my Shabbos experience and how this uh, oh wow how this broke out. Wow. And I have, I can't reveal more, but I had a reporter uh, for a fairly large national newspaper in my backyard last night, uh, yesterday. Uh, she wouldn't come into the house, rightfully so, right. uh, talking about uh, what's going on, how are families in Tina coping with this. Uh, people are really interested to see how the Orthodox community in particular responds to this, because in many ways... We have the infrastructure, we have the resilience, we have Shabbos that gives us the strength to really cope uh, with, uh, with whatever uh, this pandemic may bring. Yeah, and for those of us who never thought we really needed Shabbos, it's ironic that now we're wondering why can't we have two Shabbos every week. <laughs> more than ever. Oh my gosh! If I'm in, if I'm added to one more WhatsApp group, I might. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But that's but, but, that, uh, but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I, I think that that the the uh, because of what's happened in the shuls, we we've gained an appreciation for the wonderful addiction that we have to synagogue and to public prayer. And and I think the same thing here for those of us who sometimes have been, you know, frustrated by Shabbos because we really need the time to do other things and never appreciated the gift of Shabbos. Thank God we are, you know, coming to the reality of just how precious and amazing it is. So there, there really is a. I know it's really difficult, and everybody, no matter how old your kids are, you know, have different situations, and and every situation is obviously difficult. It's only going to get more difficult. But there really is a lot of positive stuff that we could point out that we've learned even in the first few days of this. When you step into your backyard during this time, it feels like 1992. I mean, kids are playing, and they're having a great time. I I felt like it was a scene of home improvement. I was talking to my neighbor (laughs) through our fence. I mean, it was... It was something really, really special. Does your does your and, neighbor reveal his identity, or not something that's yeah? I had no idea. Said, Who is that, Wilson? Is that you? Uh, um, we uh, we've really, really, I think, as a community, we've risen to the occasion. There's still a lot of people uh, sick and suffering, but we have the infrastructure, we have the perspective, and I think we have uh, the ability together that uh, we will uh, we will power through this. Phenomenal. I can't thank you enough for joining me this morning. And I remind you, Rabbi Veshevkin, that the only synagogue that's open is your book, Synagogue. 
Amen. Amen. I can't thank you enough. Always a joy speaking with each other. I appreciate that, Rabbi David Bashevkin. A very, very special segment for a Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM.